Hello, Water Trio listeners, and welcome back. We're here with our Christmas week special. Um, well, not even special. It's just a normal episode, but it's Christmas, so it's special. It's, yeah, it's still special. It's Water Trio time. <laughs> yep. Sadly, I didn't get to wear the elf hat that I planned on because my son has destroyed it, um, but that's Christmas with kids, huh? So we're here to bring you all the astrology juice for the week of Christmas, and it is quite a big week this week. So we're going to be looking at a number of solar transits that really evolve, uh, revolve around the eclipse that's happening on 25th of December um, in some places in the States and for the rest of the world it's happening very early or during the day on Boxing Day, the 26th of December. So yeah, shall we dive in girls? Yeah, who, who wants to go first? Is that me going first? With the- I think it might be you because you are quite excited about our Sun Uranus aspect happening just before the eclipse. Yes, and I do love a Uranus transit, especially being out the other side of most of them. Um, But, yeah, so it'll be 24th of December, 25th of December here in Australia. Uh, We have the sun coming up and spotlighting Uranus in Taurus. And this placement received a bit of love last week from Jupiter, and it's this sense of with Taurus, Uranus in Taurus, we're really getting a... It's being brought up to the spotlight, being brought up to the forefront, that sense of where do we want to break things apart? Where do we want to do things differently? Where do we want to introduce something new and unusual and different? And it's interesting that it's happening, you know, right on Christmas because it's almost like, well, all our normal traditions, all the things we normally do, we're doing it in a different way, trying new things. I mean, I know in our family, instead of doing our normal Christmas Day lunch, we're actually doing something on Christmas Eve um, to accommodate different needs and different pressures. But yeah, so Christmas will be quite different and look quite different and feel quite different for us. So, you know, for any way that you celebrate, whether or not you do Christmas or, or any other holiday traditions, having a look at how you can change things up and bring in a new fresh way of doing it to enable some freedom for people and some new understanding. So yeah, that's kind of my take on that. What about you guys? Yeah. Look, Sun Uranus, I do always like a bit of a cheeky Uranus aspect because it keeps things fresh, breaks us out of our tired or boring routines. And, yeah, I agree, Leash. I I don't know that I have a lot to add that's new, just really echoing what you're saying around because we've got such a lovely, strong Uranus aspect um, happening right before Christmas, it is so important, I think, to break with traditions, um, do things differently, you know, maybe make plans a bit more spur of the moment or last minute. So, yeah, don't feel like you have to do what you've always done if you don't want to. What about you, Leish or Cass? Sorry. Yeah, no, excuse me. I tend to agree with you. It's probably just about breaking a few traditions or establishing new ones more than anything else. So ones that you might want to, uh, carry on into the future. Yeah, I know a few clients who are sort of doing things like we're going away for a trip this year rather than, um, you know, staying at home and doing the whole, you know, trimmings and the whole effort of, you know, the meal and the family. So don't be afraid to give it like, cause Uranus is about freedom. It's about independence. It's about authenticity. It's very much about trying to get in touch with your individuality. So it's not that you want to be selfish or reckless or impossible to deal with, but I think it's important to sort of be aware of what your preferences or your opinion might be and then, you know, have the courage to express them. Yeah, for sure. Authenticity. Yeah. 
I know. Yeah. I like someone questioned me on that the other day. Like they think it's like more of a satin thing, you know, to be true to yourself. And I was like, you know, there's definitely a lot to think about, you know, about what words get connected to which planets. Um, but Uranus does have that. I don't know. It's always about trying to get you back to you rather than just conforming and doing what everyone else is, is doing. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you there. And I think sometimes people get a bit stuck with the concept of authenticity in the idea that you have to find that thing, that truth or that authentic yeah. piece and, you know, maybe then linking it back to Saturn. But I find that authenticity isn't a, a, um, a, te- a static thing. It's mm. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it moves and shifts. So what was authentic to me at age 20 is very different now in my 40s, for example. So it is a, a goalpost that does shift. And so it is a bit experimental. Um, it's definitely, you know, different experiences in life will tap you into different elements of your authenticity. And yeah. it is finding that. And I think part of being authentic with a idea of shifting goalposts is being able to communicate, hey, this is not right for me right now. I'm not available for this. Uh, and it's just about being honest. And I know authenticity is thrown around like, you know, transformation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or journey. Words that are overused in astrology. <laughs> dare, dare I say the T word. Yes. I, do, I do think, you know, it is just about um, when I think about authenticity, it's like that. It is a bit of a uh, a satinish thing because there is a bit of a pause and you have to go, okay, is this my thing or is this what I want or what have you, and then being able to voice that and being mm. a little bit fearless in that because there will often, it's, you know, the Brene Brown thing about, you know, the courage to stand alone, you know, and that's yeah. sometimes what authentic uh, expression is about because it's not a people-pleasing thing. Uh-uh. Yeah. And I think as well, sometimes I actually put Saturn with conformity. Like if you think about Capricorn, in many ways Capricorn will want to conform or even create the standards for others to conform to, whereas yeah. Uranus is that piece where it really links into individuality and how mm. we express that no matter what period of time that is. Because like you were saying, Cass, me as an individual and how I express myself right now is very different to my individual identity back when I was 20. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it's, it's that piece of Welcome where am I at right now? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And this is the beauty of the Uranus transits because they keep on ticking on. So it's yep. that chance yeah. to constantly be balancing that whole, well, where do I, where am I part of society and where am I being me and being true to myself and what needs to happen? Because you can't just break things apart all the time and individuate because you have to belong to something, but it has to be that delicate balance of things as well. So where am I going to be one? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and the sun Uranus is such a lovely combination because I think the sun is really the individual, that energy yeah. of like, you know, how I, who, who are you and how do you want to shine in the world? And with Uranus, it's like with a twist basically. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. somebody in the trio has a sun trying Uranus aspect and you girls know me well enough to know I'm like, that who I'm, is that? <laughs> <laughs> I have a little bit of a rebellious streak in me, <laughs> just the touch small one. Yes. Um, and it is, you know, I think, um owning that like um when I was younger I guess it it felt like a a pushback all the time um or a not rebellion but it felt like I was always fighting against some type of imaginary authority figure whether that was real or perceived whereas now um you know in now I'm 42 so I think I start my Uranus opposition next year but it's sort of like 
I actually don't care what you think. Yeah. Not from a pers- not from a perspective of, um, you know, I am who I am, and I, uh, you accept that you're not gonna, not everyone's gonna like you, or not everyone's going to agree with you, whatever. And it is kind of finding your individual place in that tribe situation or that mm. situation yep. of conformity and also having that nuance and the understanding that we're all not going to be the same. We're all going to have our own individual expressions or our way of doing things. And I think that is ultimately what the beauty of astrology is. You know, we we can, dare I say it, we can kind of pigeonhole each other <laughs> on our planetary placements and kind of understand and accept each other. Okay, well, you know, this person's got... Uh, Gemini moon, they talk a lot, or this person's you know, got uh, moon Saturn in the 12th, they might be a little bit more, need to draw out some of their dynamic personality a little bit. So we can understand and with that understanding then comes that truth and that honesty and authenticity. It takes a while to develop that, I think. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the gifts of being an astrologer is that also, you know, every time someone shows up in a room, you get a totally new way of looking at how that unique individual does that specific placement, you know, and I I feel like I'm constantly learning from my clients and it's helping me experience astrology in a better way. And I think this is what makes each of us so special because we each are so unique and we all have this unique thing to give. Um, Yeah, and that's the real gift of this sun trine Uranus. It's like having a look at the gifts each of us has and and what we can put out there, but in a in a harmonious way, a way that's not trying to, you know, break things or blow things apart. It's like, okay, this is you, I love you for who you are, and this is me over here and I'm being who I am. And how how do the two meet in the middle? What's the possibilities with that? I saw something funny on Facebook earlier today and uh, I I think it might have been Tanya Daniels, our astrologer friend from Italy, and um, I think it said something along the lines of, um, I'm just going to lie under the Christmas tree this Christmas and tell my family I'm the gift. (laughs) (laughs) So so maybe that is a bit of a theme for the the Uranus, (laughs) Sun Uranus. Hey, like, and that's the thing, you know, and I mean it's it's sort of ha-ha funny, but in reality Uranus and Taurus Let's just be together and enjoy the present moment of being together as a, yeah. you know, the presence rather than the presence. presence. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this is a, a nice point, I think, to shift into the eclipse energy, which is such a huge part of this week. Uh, I think, Cass, are you going to talk a little bit about this or are we all just going to chime I think in? We're all going to riff off the uh, Riff off the eclipse. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the eclipse is for Capricorn. Um, the, the date that most people will have the eclipse is December 26th. But if you're in the uh, Chicago or West time zones in the US, then uh, you will be celebrating it very late on the 25th. So it's kind of overnight on the 25th, morning on the 26th if you're in Canada and the States. But for Europe and Australia, it's the 26th at four Capricorn. And it's such a powerful eclipse because it's very close to the node. So it's going to have a lot more intensity, uh, a little bit more of that, maybe that chaos or those uh, stirrings that happen with eclipses. But it also has that weird mix of being a new moon, which is usually oriented towards the future and moving forward, but being on the south node, which Mm. has more of an energy about letting go or release or emptying out. So it's this weird straddling between like old and new or wanting to move forward, but having to tie off loose ends with the past or deal with some baggage before you can actually do the forward piece. Uh, But what are you both thinking about this eclipse? How are you seeing it? Well, what I love about this eclipse as opposed to the same eclipse we had back in January is um, 
at because I think it was January six we had the uh, new moon eclipse with the South Node. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is kind of reverberating some. It's like a real bookend eclipse to the year, I think, and a little bit of a bookend eclipse to this this whole cycle. Even though this eclipse cycle isn't quite finished, but what I do enjoy about um, this eclipse energy is that. A key difference that we have this time that we didn't have back in January is the presence of Jupiter. Uh. So that thing that we may have to, you know, surrender or let go of, that proverbial shedding combined with the seed planting, there is a promise or a gift that comes with that Um, and perhaps a little bit of, you know, Jupiter comes along and greases the wheels of this eclipse too, um, which we didn't have in January. So you know, with this, when we think about the eclipse season of January, that was the whole Marie Kondo thing. And, yes. Yes. You know, and now we can kind of come to the end of that and reflect and go, "Wow, wasn't that Marie Kondo energy? Whether it was physical, emotional, whatever, however it panned out for you, maybe now we can sort of see the benefit of why we had to do that thing or let that thing go or see it leave our life." So, um, it, I feel like it's kind of got like this. Um, like looking back before you step forward into the new thing. So yeah, um, that's yeah, what, that I think really it's got a bit more promise. Yes, a bit more promise than the last eclipse. Yeah, late. Well, I just think you know that that eclipse you're talking about, Cass. We now know a lot more than we did back then. You know what I mean? This isn't new stuff. It's it's what we've been dealing with and what we've been working with all year will be what we're getting to shift right now. So, mm. I mean, yes, eclipses always bring in unexpected and always bring in surprises, but this is the second solar eclipse in the sign of Capricorn and it's really a chance to kind of get that leverage in because not only does it involve Jupiter, but it also has that trine to Uranus we were just talking about. So there is a chance to really, really do that authenticity piece we were just going through and mm. to not be scared to I, I've been talking about the doorways the liminalities of this year and I just get a sense that it's like whatever we've been holding on to from the past whatever in there is stopping us whether that's lack of self-belief whether that is um, specific relationships whether it's um, work commitments or things like that we can turn around and just go right now it's time to shut the door on all of that it's enough I've had enough I can I can break free of all that and move forward so um, there it's like these glimpses of the future that are in and that are beyond um, are almost there and yeah it's just this being this south node it's like let's just put that vacuum cleaner to this point one more time and see how much more of the dust or the ash or the or that we can remove so that things are ready for I think you were using that beautiful analogy earlier in the year of renovating your kitchen because I think that was back then when that was happening and it's like everything's been broken down now pretty much everything's gone we'll just do one last straight back to the the studs (laughs) yep yeah, but but that's awesome because now you can vision, right, what can we put in now? What what will yeah. look good here now that we're down to bare board simplicity? So, yeah, that's Yeah, my no, take. and that's if – actually, that's a really good thing, Leisha. I, I, I said to my husband recently, like, I, did you remember that we did a kitchen renovation at the start <laughs> of this year? Like, yeah, where yeah. you look back and think how many things have happened. I know people are saying do a decade in review. I'm like, I need to digest everything that happened in 2019. Jeez, Even in our water trio chat on WhatsApp, like – We've, we've had things like, oh, that was just last Christmas and it feels like it was seven years ago or something. Like yep. it's been such a full year. But, you know, that kitchen pairing back, 
we realized there was holes in the floorboards that we didn't know about that were letting the mice in. We have a very old house, so it's drafty and, you know, mice are sort of a par for the course, the older your house is. But it was like once we went all the way back, we realized there were a few weak spots that we didn't know about. And I think that's what 2019 has been about symbolically. It's been a year of minimalism, of emptying out, of decluttering, um, you know, and I always love a good declutter. So I do think with this eclipse, there is some more shedding. Like it's weird that it's sort of happening on Boxing Day for a lot of the world, which is like, you know, all the kids have got new stuff or potentially there's been a lot of gift giving and excess on Christmas Day. And then how do we integrate this new stuff? What do we need to get rid of? I think generally in the context of this week, the 26th with the eclipse will probably be a bit of a low energy day. And it would not be like if you can just lay low, not travel around a lot. It's not that I'm saying I think something horribly tragic is going to happen. I just think we're all going to feel a bit flat, like literally emptied out. And if you can just kind of pause or have a quieter, more calm day, you know, to the ancient astrologers, eclipses were something to kind of be a little bit afraid of, partly because they didn't understand them. And, of course, we understand them more now. But they were certainly things that you you kind of just protected yourself a little bit from. And that's because I think energy is a little disturbed then. So, you know, salt baths, um, time at the beach if you're in Australia, or just, you know, having long hot showers, just kind of chilling out, maybe avoiding or withdrawing from those challenge because you know some people have family stuff or big social events on boxing day um keep them as simple and as minimalist as you can i think yeah totally and i think as well that whole day you know if you've had a big day the day before with food make it a day of fasting make it a day where you just give yeah, your body and that's a, a break great too. thing as well yeah leash, to do a little fast yeah. yeah. So don't, you know, don't go overboard on the food again. Give your body a break. Give your tummy a break. Give, you know, and lots of lots of water and, and lots of simple nourishing foods. Even a, a day of having just juices or broths can be really supportive under this eclipse energy too. So... Um, yeah. And, you know, for one, it's funny, my husband and I just automatically said both of us together the other day, right, we're just going to do a massive clean out of the house between Christmas and New Year because we've just been feeling like, you know, everything's getting in on top of us. It's just yes. like energetically but also physically. It's it's like, you know, and especially with we've gone minimal on the Christmas presents this year too but and just buying experiences but still just making space for new things to come in for 2020. So that's that kind of feeling of just perfect just let go just even cord cutting meditations and visualizations are a nice thing to do under this energy too yeah so it's a biggie any other thoughts on this from you Cass I like your intentions leash but there'll be no uh fasting on my end (laughs) 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 oh my gosh I like to indulge, so. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Venus so you've got to manage that into your personality, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know, a day for indulgence would be the very next day when the sun actually just steps a little bit out of that eclipse vibe and into the conjunction with Jupiter. True that. Yep. Yep. So that's yeah. 27th, isn't it, in most of the world and very early on the 28th here in Australia. For us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I've been thinking about this as an interesting pair because the Sun-Jupiter is like the new moon, if you like, of the Jupiter piece where the Mm. Jupiter is coming into the Kazemi relationship with the Sun. 
it's being purified in the fires of the sun. But this, but Jupiter is also getting his like his mission orders for the next 12 months. So I think for those of us who are thinking about what we want to do for intentions for the next year, potentially, I don't know that you'll have a lot of conscious clarity with the sun and Jupiter together on the 27th or the 28th, if you're in Australia, but I do think you'll get a few inklings or insights about what you might mull over. And when Jupiter moves into visibility, which happens about the middle of January, then you might get a little bit more clarity about that. But Mm. it's an interesting sort of seed planting or very early. It's almost like the fertilization. Like if you think about how a baby is made, there is, you know, the sperm going into the egg piece and it's a very flickering kind of quickening energy and there's not a lot to see for the first little while. That's what the sun Jupiter feels like, the quickening of the the connection of the fertilization. And we need a few weeks to even, you know, if you were physically pregnant, it often takes a few weeks before you know that you have become pregnant. And that's the lag time, I think. So it's an interesting weirdness of like the eclipse on the south node and then the sun Jupiter, which I think is a little bit more of like, what do we want to work towards and what are our goals for the future? What do you guys yeah. think of that aspect? You go, Cass. Yeah, I mean, as far as the uh, Jupiter sun conjunction is concerned, I think that's a really great energy to kind of, uh, you know, set intentions, set those goals and look at things strategically. Like I feel that in some ways to sort of look forward into this cycle, we sort of also have to consider where Jupiter's been. And now we've, you know, I think I might've mentioned this, you know, either in one of our previous episodes or in something else I've talked about, but, you know, we kind of went up to that proverbial buffet of crazy in some parts of our life in 2019. And now it's about, okay, well, where do I want to invest that energy or invest that little bit of additional surplus or additional um, Jupiter energy and really maximize that return on investment? Where do I really want to hone in that vision, that mission, that purpose, and that belief? It's not sort of spreading it around liberally in a way with Jupiter and Sag. It's really more about honing in perhaps on that Capricorn area of your life and go, okay, 2020, what are the goals? What am I going to do with, you know, this almost like limited resource that I have in Jupiter in Capricorn and how can I really maximize that energy in my life and, and in, you know, in my chart and in my life. So I feel the 28th will be maybe a day to really kind of get a little bit grounded um, and really kind of strategize and plan for the year ahead. And maybe, you know, um, I remember like when I was a kid, um, some friends of my parents, they uh, had New Year's resolutions about how they were going to improve their family relationships. So it doesn't mm. always have to, you know, it was like, you know, how are we going to, you know, whether it be kinder to each other or, you know, help out around the house more, you know, just sort of like work on those uh family dynamics or relationship dynamics. So sometimes it doesn't always have to be about the the Capricorn ambition goals. It can also be about like how do I want to bring that more Jupiter into my life, perhaps through wisdom or sharing or imparting of knowledge and things. So um, I know I've kind of bookmarked the 28th in my diary for really kind of sitting down with myself and figuring out, okay, what do I really want out of the Jupiter Capricorn cycle in my own life? So, mm. yeah, that's something to perhaps consider um, because it's sort of like 
you know, if anybody is, you know, watching from Australia, we know we're in a very dry situation right now, although it's humid as here right now, but we've had a few storms come through Brisbane, but it's not enough. Mm. You know, it's just enough to kind of, you know, rinse the, the dust, but it's not really a cleanse. And so in some respects, this is what Jupiter and Capricorn can be about this year. There is a little bit of moisture, but it's probably not quite enough. So we really want to hone in our efforts for maximum potential. So mm. the sun and Jupiter coming together, it's like these two kings in the sky, the sun and Jupiter. So coming together, it's like, okay, like what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Using the resources or uh, that are available to us and what can we do to make, you know, this is kind of my whole Capricorn, uh, Jupiter Capricorn soapbox here, I know. But, you know, in order to get something you don't have, use what you've already got and really build and maximise that. So that's the 28th. Um, yeah, I mean, as you're talking there, Cass, I'm like, it's such a big cardinal energy. It's like peak cardinal week, this peak, peak mm. Capricorn week, sorry, yeah. um, with like the sun trine Uranus, then the eclipse, and then the sun Jupiter. And everything except the Uranus component is happening in the sign of Capricorn, in the early part of Capricorn. Early. Yeah. Mm. Someone yeah. wouldn't happen to have a sun at early cancer, right? <laughs> really feeling this energy. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, you could if you like use this energy strategically, it can be really beneficial. And I know there's a lot of sound bites there on the internet about, you know, this big scary transit, but I don't know. I think it's just not gonna say it's gonna be all sunshine and roses, but it can be used constructively if you use it smartly. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, eclipses are an interruption of the regular proceedings. You know, they are a change in the regular lunation cycle. So, you know, it's like a normal new moon becomes something a little different. So there is that sense of being in the eclipse tunnel or the eclipse vortex of things being not quite normal, a little out of sorts, kind of like between worlds, almost getting a sense of what's possible but not there or what have you. Yeah, I often find eclipses, you know, those weeks between eclipses often feel like those periods between Christmas and New Year where you don't Mm. know what day of the Mm -hmm. week is, you don't know what you're meant to be doing, you wake up and, oh, what do I do today? Eclipses feel like that anyway, and I feel this could be that feeling on steroids this week. Yeah, just being out of body. It does make me think of the Saturnalia festivals, you know, in ancient times where these last 10 or 12 days of the year were like inter-calendary days that needed to be balanced out because the time clocks, you know, didn't work sort of perfectly. And uh, so these were like, you know, days that didn't really count, if you like. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's part of what I think happens even in modern times is that we do have these days where everybody's out of their regular routine, doing things differently, seeing people we don't normally spend a lot of time to. Like there is that sense of like out of world, out of body, you know, between kind of like we're not in 2019 anymore, but we haven't properly started 2020. So it's an, an intermediary space, which is exciting in that it's very open and loosey-goosey but it's incredibly unsettling to our human psyche because we do like the structure and the routine as much as we get bored Mm. with you know the drag of the routine it is calming and grounding for us in some ways so that's why it can feel a little ungrounding or a little unsettling yeah although I have to like we're my daughter just finished school today and I must say I am so looking forward to the break of just the you know get up school drop off organize the uniforms organize the lunch boxes and all of that so it's like the the freedom that comes from breaking this apart and, and not being in that routine and it's it allows for 
I don't know. It's it's here in Australia. It's the summer holidays, so it's like, what is possible? You know, what can we do? All the excitement that comes in with this, and I don't know. I feel for my sense of this. Have you guys heard of Burning Man Festival? Yeah, yeah. Where they go into the desert and they literally create this amazing festival out of a lot of natural goods and this huge celebration. And then when they leave, they leave nothing behind except for yeah. footprints. And that's for me what this sun, Jupiter, feels like in a way. It's like this celebration that's kind of come together out of nothing, but it's just people coming together, people joining, people connecting and celebrating each other um, and celebrating possible achievements for the future and, and what what is I don't know what is possible when we, like you were saying, Cass, when we use what's around us. I was, I was talking to my father today about what his childhood was like. And I was also listening to Dolly Parton's podcast. Um, if anyone has Dolly Parton, listened, has she got a podcast? It She's is got all this stuff on YouTube, awesome. um, Netflix and yeah. But this, oh, this wow. podcast is awesome. It's it's somebody okay. else interviewing her and, and using her songs to explore. Anyway, I won't get into it sidebar, but she was talking about her childhood growing up in the mountains in Tennessee. And, you know, there was, I think there was 12 kids and they all shared a bed and they had this really happy childhood anyway. And it's like all these trappings or with all these things that we think are really important are not. So it's like, let's celebrate simplicity. Let's celebrate consolidation. Let's celebrate getting back to those bare boards that we were talking about earlier and just how much can come in just those simple moments of sitting around a campfire and strumming a guitar and, you know, listening to somebody sing, even if it's amazing like Dolly Parton or not so amazing like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like me. Um, well, and Dolly's also, just as a FYI chart insert, she's a late mm. Capricorn. She's got the mm-hmm. sun and Venus at the very late degrees of Capricorn. Yeah. She's yep. a massive Capricorn um, icon or inspo to me. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. So, um, yeah. yeah, I just get this kind of sense of just, yeah, like you would creating a celebration in the desert where there's not much around. Just just use whatever you can and, and um, have fun anyway. Yeah, I love it. So that's this week. It, it is. is this week. <laughs> uh, what do you girls have going on? I'm, I know there'll be lots of uh, feasting and fasting depending on uh, which one of you is uh, setting the tone, but any work stuff for either of you this week? Not Or for coming me. up, I guess, coming up. Probably not I this guess week. If for eclipses, um, yeah, I have got my eclipse webinar. So if you haven't listened to that yet, you can I'll pop onto my website and download that. In it, I go through some of the tips, some of the things to do, some of the things not to do, and also the eclipse by houses. So looking at your rising sign and, and the areas they may be triggering for you. So Oh, that's such a great resource. Yeah. Yeah. What about you gals? Cass? Yeah, well, I'm like super busy with consults, which is great. And on the second, I think I just announced it today, um, today, like recording, uh, doing a year ahead webinar. So that will be on the third in, no, I think it's the third, no, third in Australia, second in the US. So I just had to think about that. (laughs) So I get, or maybe it's the first and the second here. I can't remember, but it's on my website anyway. Um, Actually, it's the second here and the first. Yeah, it was, that's right. So I wanted to start the first day of the year um, doing this. So yeah, it's the second here, first in the US. So uh, going through some of the um, highlights for 2020. 
Cool. Cool. What about you, Kel? Yeah, I've got, um, I'm off this week. Um, I'll be in Sydney with the family, just having a, a nice break. And uh, yeah, but my next work thing will be uh, my year ahead webinar through Astrology University, which will be Friday, January 3rd, um, the evening, if you're in Canada and the States, and it'll be Saturday, it's about lunchtime, um, Saturday, January 4th, if you're in Australia. So the info for that is on my website as well. And I guess the only other thing to give a quick shout out to is that I will be teaching in Sydney on January 11th, a full day workshop on uh, timing your year ahead with perfections and transit. So if you're interested to join me for that, the details for that are on my website, kellysastrology.com as well. Cool. All right, girls. Well, we just wanted to wish everyone a wonderful holiday season, however you're celebrating it, whether it's happy Hanukkah, happy Christmas, whatever. Um, And yeah, we look forward to seeing you ready for our year ahead, uh, New Year's episode next week. Yes. Yes. So exciting. Thanks everyone for being with us throughout this year. Thank you. Bye. Bye.